Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to this week's version episode of Mindful Talk. Misty and I are here today to share a little bit on the topic of bringing more softness into your life. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. So glad to be here today. Do you know, um, when we decided we were going to talk about this, I did, I always like to do a quick Google on a topic because you can see like what everybody else is kind of talking about. Like I know in my head what I think about when I think of that, but I was just curious. And what I found was there's a whole TikTok trend called soft life. And it is all about what we're talking about. So what it made me happy about was the young people get it. The young people like know that we are all way too stressed and we don't have any softness in our lives. And they're trying to take that back. And so I watched some of those TikTok videos and I was like, yes, yes. And it was all young people. And so it kind of feel like we might be talking to the people our age out there right now, because we're still the ones apparently struggling with how to bring softness into our life. I cannot believe that that is a TikTok trend. And why am I not surprised? I feel like the younger generation is so much better at taking care of themselves. They just really are. I think we're pretty good at it. Us Gen Xers are pretty good at it. Um, but it's really the younger, the youngins, the whippersnappers who are really good, <laughs> who are really good at taking care. Yeah. That's I was, um, so as I watched some of these videos, some of the things, one of the things that stuck out to me the most was a common theme through all of them was people just don't prioritize themselves. And it, it was a theme on every single video, like the number one thing, prioritize yourself. And mostly every single one said, prioritize yourself in a way that gives yourself space. And that means you've got to be alone. And a lot of people with our busyness in our lives, especially post COVID and like wanting to be connected to people, being alone is like not always the best, but the gentle reminders that I saw were like, just waking up 30 minutes earlier, which you and I talk about all the time. And I have to do it. I, I need a lot more than 30 minutes, but 30 minutes can make a big difference in how you start your day versus automatically waking up and ruminating on all of the things you have to do that day and the things you have to accomplish and then jumping up and getting dressed and turning on the computer and getting working. And that, it seems like I kind of think about it one way in my head. I'm like, oh, well, I'm jumping on the day and I'm getting a head start, but I'm not prioritizing myself at all. That's prioritizing other people and what's on the end of the emails I'm sending, et cetera. So I really liked that theme of prioritizing yourself. Yeah, I think that's really nice. It's like a soft beginning to the day instead of a 
jumping right into production, right? So how can you have a softer beginning to your day? And a lot of that is not letting the outer world in until you're fully awake. Um, That's a really sweet time right when you wake up for the first 30 minutes. That's a really vulnerable time too. Like your mind is as open as it's ever going to be in the first half hour after you wake up. And if we're letting the outer world in, guess what kind of day we're going to have? I mean, right away, our cortisol is spiking. Our nervous system is contracting and that's going to set the tone for the day. Yeah. Who wakes up and I don't do this anymore because we had talked a long time ago about it, but who wakes up and just like goes to the bathroom and then scrolls through social media? (laughs) I mean, no one wants to admit it, but I did it for a really, really long time. And like, I don't, I don't really follow people anymore that are garbage. So I can't really say garbage in garbage out because mostly what I follow is actually very good and inspirational, but it can sway me and how I feel and the direction that I take my time. And that time is again, not prioritizing, Mm -hmm. prioritizing myself. Yeah. This is a conversation. um, I mentioned that I've been working with law enforcement for mindfulness this year and We spend the last part of our four-hour training on this topic, actually, because certain personality types, certain careers, uh, usually anybody in public service, which means law enforcement of any kind, protective services, um, anyone in healthcare, anyone in public schools, those people, bless them, who the society wouldn't be running without, I think they all need to get paid double what they're getting paid. Preach. Um, but they have such high stress in their day that bringing softness into their lives is actually a vital part of healing from the trauma of their jobs. And it's not usually in their personality type to move towards softness, especially in law enforcement and the firefighting fields. Um, But when I have this conversation with police officers, they really connect to it. They connect to it in a way that I was surprised that they would. And it's partly my delivery, of course, you know, Um, but, but they, they get it because we have spent four hours together talking about stress and the nervous system and practicing some mindfulness techniques. And by the end, they're like, oh, I see, I see why this is so important to my rising inflammation and my tight nervous system and my health issues. Um, And there's a really great book called My Grandmother's Hands. If anybody wants to read a little bit more, it's, it's, there's a special chapter just for law enforcement and military. Um, And a lot of this comes from that book. Um, A few of the things, which is funny because Misty and I do these things anyway. And then I'm wondering, listener, if you'll realize, oh, I do this too. And you'll recognize the ways you're bringing softness into your life. And that recognition lets it land even deeper into your cells and your nervous system. So one of them is yoga, believe it or not, but here's, here's the catch, not hard power, hot, sweaty yoga. That is not, there's a time and place for that. Like do it. If you love it, it is not bringing softness into your life, however, and it is not um, creating the best environment for the nervous system to discharge stress. So think mindful stretching, restorative yoga, yin, even slow flow, um, trauma-sensitive yoga, all the research around trauma-sensitive yoga is around classes that aren't about one posture, but that are about slow fluid movement that keeps moving. 
but not so much that you spike the stress response in the body. Um, and then things like getting around people that make you feel good, people that make you laugh. Like when Misty and I record this podcast, I know my stress is lowering because we talk about things, we connect on things. Um, she makes me laugh. Just those people that really make you laugh and make you feel like you can be yourself. That is so important. Like, I don't feel like I have to perform in front of Misty. And that's how I know it's a good, she's a good person for my, my, uh, my nervous system. And then I'll share one more and then I'll share a few more later, but one more is, um, let's see. Oh gosh. Time in nature. Of course. I mean, that was on my list. Okay, good. I like of yeah. things to talk about time, time. And I'll let you talk about that one since you are actually living in a <laughs> incredible place. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. I live in a bowl where there's mountains all around me. It's extremely remote. You have to really want to get to where I'm at. People come here from all over the world because of how beautiful the San Juan mountains are. And when you talk to any of them, everyone is just so in awe of the beauty that you never see people with headphones in. You never see people on their cell phones unless they're taking a picture. Um, but it's very, it's so just, what? This is so beautiful. It pulls you out of everything. And I have experienced the power of nature, obviously, in the past because nature is what got me through the pandemic. When I walked every single morning, I I would get mad at the weather, but I also like learned to love and respect the weather because no matter what, I had to show up. And so nature was a powerful force in that. When I moved here, it was like, geez, like nature on crack. And what I see is the endorphins from that and the people here. And the people are just filled with a light that I can't explain. It's also kind of crazy because most people here practice yoga and two of the things you said, nature and yoga. And it's, um, it brings a very simple feeling and a soft feeling to you. Um, so yesterday I had like my very first real traditional class at the new studio. We just opened here in town and, um, I was really nervous and I talked to Lauren right before, and she's like, just be yourself. They're showing up just to get centered and be there and feel good. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. Like they just want to feel good. And so I practiced a very slow flow, just like what you were saying. I made a, a really significant focus on talking about meditation in the beginning and how it's really just sitting with yourself. And if you can get rid of that label and learn to just sit and kind of wade through the things, it really helps you. And the feedback I got back from everybody was just like, oh man, I feel really good inside. And they said nothing about like, oh, my hamstrings are stretched or my neck feels better. None of that. I think they all got that benefit because they all were a lot looser, but it was what was inside and what moved them. And so the power of yoga, if yoga scares you because of the movements, just seek out another kind of yoga because there's yoga out there that's going to do more for what's inside and help you soften. Just like she was saying with the police officers and the, um, the firemen and the military, et cetera. I love that so much. I love it. I'm so proud of you. Thank Um, you. Oh my gosh. 
I you know. guys it's, have to follow her studio on Instagram. It's move Silverton, move mm-hmm. Silverton. Yes. Yeah. Move. Go find Silverton. Them. Um, yeah. If you're ever visiting, come take a class with me. Mm-hmm. It's a new studio and we are very, very focused on just what we're talking about here accessibility to yoga, as far as making sure that if you're 90 or you're 15, you can do yoga, right? That anybody can do it. So I'm happy to offer it because like you, I know that that's such a number one thing to soften your life. Yeah, it is. And you know, a lot of this, we, maybe we could call it hardness if we're talking about the opposite of softness. Um, but a lot of it, uh, a lot of this hardness comes from and leaves through the body. Like it begins and ends in the body. And so we can't think our way to softness. You know, we can't think, oh, I'm going to be softer today. I'm going to let go of this. It doesn't work that way. And so when we think about softening, like Missy's talking through nature and yoga, it's, it's vital that we actually move the body in these soft ways because it begins and ends in the body, these state changes. And so if we're moving hard and fast and spiking cortisol, don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for that kind of workout. Like we need that. And that's a different conversation, but we have to balance it out with the things that bring physical softness. Um, Another, a couple ways that bring it in, which I know a lot of people connect to is through having a pet. Oh, for um, sure. yeah, just time spent with animals. Even if you're not in a place where you can own a pet, like get around volunteer at, um, a rescue society or something, because and I there goes myself, your cat in the background. Yeah. There's my cat in the background. <laughs> she, I took a video. She was watching Misty talk and like trying to touch you. It was so Aww. funny. Like five minutes ago, <laughs> I'll send well, it see, to you. Helps you soften. Pets are yeah, good. And I just, it took me into total presence watching her try to interact with you and they sit on my desk all day. And it's such an innocence when we are around animals, they have no agenda. They have no thinking mind. They're completely survival brain oriented. And it's a different kind of relationship um, with an animal than we'd have with a human. Oh, so I, I feel getting that around so animals. much. Yeah. When we lost Sequoia, um, I just could see such a heaviness in my husband and it was about a month and I kept poking around and trying to figure out what it was that was bothering him. And I was like, he's missing a dog in his life. And Silverton, we joke is like, we call it the Silverton dog park. Cause there's more dogs here than there are people. And they just have free reign and they go everywhere. So it's great. Cause you can just like walk out your front door and pet some animals, you know? And so we decided we really wanted to get a puppy because we wanted the girls to have a puppy and start that journey, you know, and grow up with an animal. He's like a different person. It was like a switch. And I can tell when he's feeling overwhelmed, he can just pick her up and pet her and it kind of brings him down. He's a lot softer because, you know, puppies are like newborn. So you're kind of you use your puppy voice and um, it's just softer. And it's exactly what you just said. It makes me think of therapy dogs. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a real thing when they take dogs into hospitals, um, emotional support dogs, like, right. It's a very real thing. This attunement we have to animals. It's something that's more primal than our language centers. And yeah, it's, it's so healing. It's so wonderful. And in that same line, um, babies are the same way. Now I know people can have, um, different histories with babies and different, traumas related to that, right? So being sensitive to that, but one of the recommendations for 
um, people bringing softness into their lives is to go volunteer in the NICU and hold babies. Oh, that's like my dream job. Right. Me too. Oh I just want to hold babies all day. I love babies. I'm not keen after like one years old to like yeah. five, but whoa, babies are my jam. Like four and- months old. Mm. Oh, they smell good. And they, they bring that same softness where you use your little baby voice. And yeah, I totally agree. Right. It takes all the systems down, like heart rate down, blood pressure down. So, um, if you have a friend that had a baby recently, if you have your own baby, yes, it's the same. It's different though. You're exhausted. You're tired, especially if you're new to parenthood, but but getting softening might mean handing your baby over to somebody else and go soften in the other. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. yeah, somebody else's baby, especially after your babies are grown. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's a good feeling. I agree. I, um, one of the things that I'm really trying to work on in regards to my softness is like self-care, which I hate using the word self-care, but like, I'm really bad about just the the normal stuff, washing my face and I'm too tired. And I just make it a chore rather than something that's like nourishing my body. And so I'm trying to set a phone alarm actually, um, on Sunday to remind me to do a mask and to wash my hair, (laughs) which sounds crazy that I have to put that in my phone, but I live in the mountains. It's not a soft place. People don't really care about like what they're wearing and all that kind of stuff, which I appreciate and I love, but I also know that when I do those things, I feel really, really relaxed and that relaxed feeling and sense of accomplishment in a way tends to soften me, which is kind of crazy. No, I, I get it. It's like, it's a fine line between not caring what you look like. Right. Yes. And and respecting your body and your skin and your hair, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that well, I mean, go- we're only going to have them this is it, yeah. you know, and I try to, I focus on my mind a lot. Cause I'm always thinking about my mindfulness practice and I remind myself, I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's not about outward beauty. Really. It's just about maintaining the car <laughs> that I am yeah. given and the mode of, you know, that I'm going to have until I'm not here. Yeah. And you can, you can be mountain girl and still have good skin. You know what I mean? It's Thanks. like, I'm trying. <laughs> You always look good. Thanks. You're, you're, but that's you're pulling the thing it is, off I, well. I just want to be able to um, have a healthy skin yeah. routine and a healthy, you know, and I also well. want my, yes. And I want my girls to see that I'm not trying to fight against it. And I'm not like, you know, doing anything crazy in the bathroom. I just, but I really yeah. feel like reminding myself to take care of myself in that way helps, allows me to be softer. You know what I do that you might like living in the mountains um, just because of the dryness of the air yeah. is I do once a week, a body brushing, you know, just like Ooh. the Ayurvedic uh, body brushing where you, it's like little butterfly uh, brushes with a pretty hard brush. I can send you a link, but you go from the bottom up and everything moves toward the heart. It's a lymphatic type of brushing, but it only takes a couple of minutes. You do it before you shower. You could even put essential oils on the brush And it reminds me that I have a body, you know, like it's this one little moment of like caring for myself and like inspecting my knees and my, my elbow and my arm. And it just connects me in a way. It's like a, like you're saying, like a way of self-care that isn't about, you know, putting on makeup and getting my hair cut. Like it's not that, but it's a way. I love that. Yeah. Send that to me, please. I will. I will share it in the link. 
I will. Yeah. We'll link it. I even have a body brush that is copper and it's supposed to do something with like the negative ions in your body and blah, blah, blah. So I'll send you that. <laughs> That's how I feel. Blah, blah, blah. I like it. You reviewed it. That's all I need. Yeah. Better than Amazon. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, um, the last thing I have on here, which kind of goes hand in hand to being around good people is setting relationship boundaries. And that means the partner at home, the friends in your life, your family. Um, and I think as you get older, you get better at sound- setting boundaries in general, but just looking at people and saying like, gosh, I know this person's been in my life for 25 years, but is it all like negative all the time, you know, and not ending friendships, but just taking a step back to kind of care for yourself. Um, I've had to do that with friendships and the good friends have always, you know, returned when they've kind of healed themselves or done what they need to do on their end. And we've talked about that before, but I think when you're trying to really soften in your life, if you've got a hard person that's having a real struggle, that's constantly dumping that struggle on you and you're empathic at all, which I am, you're going to feel it and it resonates and it charges you and it changes that softness and it makes you more hard. It makes me think when you talk about that of like the relationships that cause friction. And that's certainly a hardness inside. That's like a, like, yeah, just the friction. So where can you soften some of that friction? Because it doesn't go unscathed, you know, like when we have that kind of relationship, it's definitely shifting something inside and it's for sure something to be examined. Yeah. Um, Well, the last thing I'll share, which if you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, we've talked about this probably 10 times, but um, good sleep. It is so hard to make good choices. It's so hard to soften. It's so hard to have the energy to make choices that bring softness when you're exhausted. And the way that bad sleep contracts the body, the nervous system, the brain, it, it makes everything really, really hard. And so prioritizing sleep always, I mean, I know depending on your job, this isn't always possible, but eight hours, even if you're like, I don't need that. I need four. The research shows that nobody living on this planet can function well on four hours of sleep. Even if you've gotten used to it, you're actually not functioning as optimally as you could. So prioritize it, get an extra hour um, when possible. And yeah, sleep is everything for balancing out hardness and softness. And it's not something that comes easy to a lot of people. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, Lauren just told me to get more sleep. I know I'm supposed to get more sleep. Like, I feel that that's my husband a lot, you know, and and I don't bark at him a lot about that stuff. But what I re- gently remind is, you know, like, hey, it's nine. Get off your phone. Um, you know, go take a nice shower. Like put one of the, we have those eucalyptus tabs that you can drop in the shower and man, it's like rejuvenating big time. I'm like, go put one of those in the shower and just chill out for a minute and let the hot water run over you, you know, or read or whatever it is, but you have to focus on it because it is super simple to sit there and stare at that little screen and scroll forever and then be like, okay, I'm supposed to go to bed, but then nothing happens. So then you're mad and you're tossing and you're turning. And like what she said, the next day you wake up and it's this vicious cycle and you can get really stuck in it. I I've been stuck in it before. Um, and so when I, it happens to me, I have to, well, okay. 
true honesty, a couple of weeks ago, it was happening to me. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I sleep really well. Mm, yours truly was having a couple cocktails at night. And because we just moved into our house and we kind of celebration mode and it was in the refrigerator, blah, blah, blah. So I had some cocktails three nights in a row, which I don't do anymore. And it completely jacked my, my sleep. And as soon as I was aware of it, and as soon as I figured it out, I was like, nope, not drinking, slept great. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Yeah, but it's like a conscious effort. You can't just be like, I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight. What she was saying, it has to be intentional and purposeful. And so when she says make sleep a priority, you can't glaze over that and say, okay, I'm going to make sleep a party. No, you. there's actions associated with making the sleep happen. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and it's exact in closing that note, it's like, you can get whacked off your sleep schedule so easily. And it's like, okay, I need a reset. And it can be anything from, okay, no TV at night for a couple of nights, phone off at 6 PM, reading only paper books. Like some, sometimes for me, I have to actually take a Xanax or a melatonin or something stronger to like reset my body yeah. to sleep. And then it kind of puts me back in that groove of sleeping again. It's really delicate cycle, and but that's yeah. a very delicate is a good word to describe. Yeah. And I mean, if you're in a good routine of sleep, keep that up. But if you're in a bad routine of sleep, I would say move that all the way up to the top of taking care of softness. Because if you're sleepy, you're not being soft Mm -hmm. (laughs) to anybody or yourself. And, you know, so I'd say that's probably number one. And I'm glad we closed with it. Yeah, same. Well, I appreciate you guys being here today, Lauren. It was awesome to talk to you. I feel softer, which is great. Um, I love these conversations. I hope if you're listening, you took some good, um, pointers away. They're all the usual things we talk about, but I feel like if you can find one of those things and kind of start to zero in on it, the others will happen and you'll begin to soften. So thanks for being with us today and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.